BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey folks, today's Bob Seska show is brought to you in part by our Patreon page. In case you're not aware, we produce four podcasts every week. That means a new show every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now you might be wondering, where the hell is this Friday show you're talking about, Bob? Because it's not on Apple Podcasts, and it's not on Stitcher, it's not on any of the podcast platforms. Well, our Friday After Party podcast, with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, our personal lives, is only available through our Patreon page. So please help support this show by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just $10 per month, and you'll also get two post-mortem shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Large and call, gentlemen. Well, you can't expect us you to... You know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke Brothers' seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. My God. We're ruined. Uh, this is an outrage. I demand an investigation. <laughs> you can't sell our seats. Our Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. My God. Mortimer, your brother's not well. We better call an ambulance. Fuck him! Now you listen to me. I want trading reopened right now. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. I think I understand what's going on with GameStop. I I think I do. I think I have a grasp on it. We're, we're gonna I can break it down. We're going to explain it in just a second. I, I, I actually do. I, I know a few things about it. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 28, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day nine of the Biden-Harris administration, 649 days until the 2022 midterms. Oh, and here they come. It's the Goth Ninja. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com. Also at sexyliberal.com. It is your uh, podcasting superstation, Sexy Liberal with all these Sexy Liberal programs. You can also hear Jody Hamilton on the Stephanie Miller Show at stephaniemiller.com every Tuesday. So make sure to dial up that show because it's great. 
Also, uh, David T-Rex Ferguson from the T-Rex Report podcast is here, too. From the T-Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Also, astralsummer.bandcamp.com is his music project. Okay, Goth Ninjas, so much to talk about today. Um, We're going to get into the GameStop thing in in just a second. But first, I touched on this a little bit on Tuesday's show, but I didn't have full confirmation yet. It was kind of a weird, sketchy period of time. uh, I'm not going to be writing for Salon anymore, at least for the foreseeable future. This might be temporary, but it's looking kind of permanent right now. I think they're going through some budget slash format things that I, I can't, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss in detail, but suffice to say, some of their freelancers, I think all of their freelancers have been let go. Every single freelance mm-hmm. writer for Salon. I think they've narrowed it down to just their well, staff means writers. We've and, both been fired by Salon now, Bob. Yeah, it is. Brothers, Hi- man. High five. High five. High five. David. Fired by Salon. <laughs> fired by Salon. Yeah, it's a new Judas Priest song. It's a rite of passage to be fired by Salon at some point. Now I have to get hired so I can be fired. Yeah, yep. there you go, Jody. You got to catch up. You're like way behind. <laughs> All the but, cool kids are doing it. Yeah, it sounds like it. But what, good, are you scared. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Afraid I, your mom will find out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. God, for six years I've been writing over there. Um, initially, it was more than just once a week, and there was a period of time in which I was writing a salon piece almost every day. That got narrowed back to. Um, pitching and then writing something on Mondays and having it published Tuesday mornings. And so uh, that was the routine for a few years now, at least the last uh, two, three years. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. Um, you know, I'm still going to be writing for The Banter, thebanter.substack.com. Used to be The Daily Banter when it was a, a website. Now it's a newsletter. So I'm still doing that every Wednesday, obviously still doing this show and everything like that. But it's just, it's weird not to have that platform and it was nice to have the prestige of the salon name kind of on my uh, on my resume (laughs) as if i need a resume but you know it's nice to have (laughs) it is i mean it's good to have that kind of uh steady platform where i know that well every monday i'm going to pitch to salon and they'll invariably accept the pitch and have me write something and and usually i had carte blanche i would just say well here's what i'm gonna write about and they would go go for it and i would just go um, and that's really, really hard to come by. I mean, if you know anyone who's a freelance politics writer, even in the the days of Donald Trump, when everyone was thirsty for Trump news and Trump opinion, um, it was still challenging to get work as a freelancer or as a, as a staff writer. Uh, it was just very, very difficult uh, just because of the economics of online publishing. It's just a very Facebook, tough environment. Facebook slaughtered the online publishing industry. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get so, me started on yeah. Facebook. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, there was a time. I, I don't know if you remember this, David. Uh, back in, God, I remember it kind of ending in late 2013. But up until that point, up until Facebook changed its algorithm, you could publish something and then within the day have 150,000 views on that piece just through Facebook shares alone. And then what Facebook started doing is throttling links to outside publications. One of the most uh, egregiously throttled links, unfortunately for people like us, is a little website called patreon.com. Every time you post a Patreon link, man, that that particular status on Facebook. They want your money. Yeah, Facebook does not like promoting outside 
income revenue streams. You know what I mean? They just don't like promoting uh, Patreon links. So anytime you have that link, that's why I started posting for the uh, podcast by saying link in the comments, because that's the little workaround that you can use. If you post the link to whether it's Patreon or Apple Music or even my site, bobseska.com, you know, that's a way around that algorithm a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's still, Facebook is still occupied by assholes who are just like running some sort of massive sociological experiment with us. And we're all the guinea pigs. But uh, that seems to be the uh, one of the major problems with online publishing is that Facebook just simply will not allow its users to see those links. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can't really do it like you used to. And, and as you said, unless you pay for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the ugly, ugly climate right now. And, and so unfortunately, a bunch of us have been uh, caught up in that. I mean, it's kind of cool that we were able to last this long, but at the same time, still kind of sucks. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't suck nearly as bad as it does to be a, uh, you know, a retail stock market trader <laughs> today yeah. over the last couple of days. Here's what happened. Here's the deal with the GameStop situation. And either of you can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this information. Here's my very basic understanding of it. Stocks like GameStop, which is the uh, the retailer that sells video games and you know other sort of collectible mm-hmm. crap, nerd things. And uh, AMC Theaters is another one that was uh, caught up in this whole controversy. Well, one of the reasons why the stocks were doing so poorly, GameStop stock, uh, AMC stock, is because a lot of these large hedge funds and some other uh, very, very wealthy investors, a whole fleet of them, were shorting those stocks. And shorting has been one of those things that I'm just like, oh, fuck, fuck it's you. It's so wonky. I don't, I'm like, huh? Why would you yeah. do that? It's, it it's, makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, it's traditionally defined as being a bet against the right. stock. And so what happens is, yada, 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 you end up making money when the stock price goes down. That's what uh, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, to- where, it, okay, that's where my check brain it goes, huh? Here we go. <laughs> okay, David, you're going to explain short selling? You loaned me your bike. Okay. Okay. So that I could sell it. Okay. Temporarily. Knowing that the value of the bike would go down. So I sell it to you for $10 and then I buy it back when it becomes $7 and make a $3 profit. But have I to see. return the bike to you. I see. Because you've borrowed it from a broker. Like you borrowed that stock and then sold it. Mm-hmm. I, the, what I don't understand is why the third party has any incentive whatsoever to buy the stock that they know is going to go down and get or get dumped. Yes, so, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, they find a sucker, I guess. They find a mark and sell them the stock they know is going to get cheaper and then buy it back from them when it gets cheaper and pocket the difference and return the stock to the holder. Yeah, yeah. If, the, if it goes down, but when it goes up they have to buy it back anyway because they've agreed to buy it back and they have to buy it back at the higher price. Mm-hmm. So say that your bike that was I was expecting it to go to $7 suddenly becomes worth $25. I still have to buy it back from you and pay the $15 difference before I return it to you. Well, that's a great way to explain it. I wish they would do that on CNBC. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's they a don't very, want you to know. They don't want you to know. No, no. Because <laughs> here's what happens. Here's the ramifications of shorting a stock is it actually drags the stock price down. And mm-hmm. then what you can also do is short an entire sector of the market. And that also drags not just one stock down, but an entire sector can be dragged down based on, you know, enough short selling that goes on there. So 
GameStop, AMC, some of these other stocks, obviously taking a pounding because of the pandemic. No one's going out to retailers. No one's certainly no one's going to see a movie in the movie theaters. So all of these investors were shorting GameStop and AMC, dragging the stock price down. Well, a bunch of people on Reddit and some other social media sites decided, F you. F you. F you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start buying uh, GameStop and AMC shares en masse. All of us are going to get together and we're all going to do that. And I think that was kind of the strategy here. And so that's what happened. And it drove the GameStop stock through the goddamn roof. I mean, right. suddenly the $10 bike was worth $350. Yes. And wasn't Blockbuster part of that too? Isn't it isn't it weird that they still are on the stock market? Yeah, that is weird. I, I had no idea that Blockbuster was in there I too. I think they but. were they were in there somehow that they still have something up on the market and yeah. apparently they were buying their stock as well. <laughs> well, so here's the cool thing about this. It was a big return FU. FU. It was a big FU to the people who were shorting those stocks. So the right. fact that the stock price went up by like a thousand percent or something like that in the course of just one day, not only made a lot of people a lot of money, but it also screwed over all of the short sellers to the point where they go, this is an outrage. I demand an investigation. Turn those machines back on. Yeah. Turn those machines back on. Did and they? So these CEO guys are just suddenly penniless. They've been completely bankrupted. So <laughs> hopefully oh, they've okay. been, you know, keeping six months of wages and savings. Gosh, you I know, hope so. Yeah, you know, yeah. And maybe they can get a job at Starbucks and cut back on the avocado toast. Right. But, well, uh, so <laughs> here's the next step in this story. The online trading app, I think it's uh, Robinhood. Robin is yeah, that what it Robin is? Hood, yeah. Robinhood decided to step in and say, nope, you can no longer trade GameStop. They put a, a stoppage on the buying and selling of GameStop. So what that did is it, it effectively crashed the stock back down again. So right. if you look at GameStop today, it's basically lost everything that it gained yesterday because Robinhood Wait, put a stoppage Wait, can I do my on. Steve Ducey now? Oh, yes. Whatever please. happened to the free market? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well, here's the craziest aspect of this story. Now, people like Ted Cruz are on the same page as AOC. People like people are like Don Jr. are on the same page mm -hmm. as me. And this is just well, Elizabeth insane. Warren, yeah. Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, this is created bipartisan outrage. The fact that Robin Hood has stepped in and is now interfering with retail traders. It's like to the point where, OK, it's fine to do inside trading, but outside trading. Oh, uh, you can't have that. You guys can't right. do right. that. No, you guys, mm -mm. Yeah. So if you still How dare they treat the stock market like a casino, <laughs> people who've made it and spent their entire right. adult lives treating the stock market like a casino. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so the consequence of that is if you bought GameStop yesterday morning and then made a thousand percent profit on that stock purchase and still own the stock today, you're screwed. So right. they the, the fact that they stopped the uh, the trading on that particular stock, and, and I think it's some of the other ones too, but just focusing on GameStop, um, th they just fucked you over. Robinhood just completely screwed you over. And it's just, it seems like what they're doing is they're putting their, not just their thumbs on the scale, but they're putting their big fat asses on the scale and screwing over the smaller investors. And that's the outrage in all of this. So that's my very basic understanding of 
what's going on with GameStop. I'm not sure if I nailed it, but I, I think I have a pretty solid idea in terms of what uh, what's gone down with all of that. I mean, here's my thing. I, I used to uh, trade some stocks for a little while. It was right before the recession. I have terrible timing. That <laughs> was just not good. And, you big dummy. Yeah, was, I was really, really <laughs> dumb. But, you know, I mean, you hear about things and you... Well, no, they make it look so seductive on TV. Yeah, they do. They you really, know, really just... do. But here's the thing. Not only did I lose money because of, you know, the recession, but at the same time, I just couldn't stand it from a psychological point of view because I was yeah. obsessive about following my portfolio, which wasn't any great shakes. I had a few, you know, mutual funds and a couple of individual stocks like Apple and so on. But the problem was... <laughs> CNBC. The problem was <laughs> stock market media was, if you've been watching MSNBC, especially like during the Trump years, was intense and soul crushing. Try watching CNBC for any longer than a couple of minutes. CNBC is like the new cocaine. It is absolutely like breathtakingly stressful to watch that network. I call it's them horrible. I call them the spazzy white guys in lower Manhattan for a reason because the whole network is spazzy white guys i mean uh, i mean to the yeah. point where it's like red bull and meth and cocaine and adderall <laughs> mixed into this cocktail and forced through the the screaming mouth of jim kramer that's exactly what watching cnbc is like wire yourself to a like a car battery put <laughs> Start. I was staying with a friend who likes to watch it first thing in the morning, and I came downstairs and got my cup of coffee and was like, can you please do something about that? Because, I mean, it is so aggressive and loud and like, let's go to Jeff. Jeff will tell you from the floor of the stock exchange, what's trading high today? What? Thanks, Jeff. You know, and it's just like, Jesus. Everybody take a chill. Like, I mean, yeah. just take a breath. Every bit of news that comes out is a gigantic breaking emergency. Like, oh my God, what is this going to do? Holy shit, they just split the stock. Oh, hold, oh my God, oh my God. And there's just screaming and guys on the floor of the stock exchange, Pete Santelli, that guy, uh, you talk about a guy who does all the cocaine. Pete Santelli <laughs> sits on the, I, I guess he stands we on the, the. We have the stock exchange beat to thank for Maria Bartiromo. <laughs> Yes, yeah. we do. Yes, we do. We do. Also, Aaron Burnett, though. I think mm -hmm. that balances itself out. But uh, the thing with Pete Santelli, he usually stands on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and there's this isometric camera pointing down at him, and he stands there amid all these traders, which is just absolute. It's like watching chaos. It's right. like, like Buffalo are coming through. Yes. Know? And it's, there's it's, like people getting shot and people on fire. And oh it's God. just like it's monkeys are running around randomly yeah. hitting people with wiffle bats. It's, it's madness. And so uh, he stands there and he starts screaming and there's chaos all around. And you wire yourself into this 24-7. Like, oh, my God, is Citibank going to go up? What's going to happen with them? What's going to go on? It's, oh, my God, Pete Santelli looks really upset. There must be something going on. And then everyone tries to, like Jim Cramer, for example, who, by the way, is a Democrat. I don't know if you know this, but Jim Cramer is actually a Democrat. He's not, not a conservative. But it's not even a life form. I mean... <laughs> Well, it's just it, like an adrenal gland and some of those like wind up teeth that you get for magic tricks, you know? Like, <laughs> so fucking funny. 
funny. Oh my god! So I mean, really, I don't understand like why what his appeal is because it really is like your uncle has like accidentally ingested an entire baggie of meth yeah. and is like freaking out in the dining room and trying to reenact the stock market crash with wax fruit. It, you know, like it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's insane what uh, Jim Cramer is able to get away with. He has to keep all of his stocks in a charitable trust, in a blind trust, because. He makes all these forecasts on individual stocks on his show, and then they immediately shoot through the roof. As soon as he mentions them, if you're watching the stock futures, I think his show comes on after trading is over for the day. So if you watch the futures on that stock, as soon as he mentions, it's like, it goes like through the goddamn roof. Yeah. And so it's this. So this to me is a problem because people's livelihoods are in the balance mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and they're just playing like fireworks. Yes. You know, yep. let's yes. light this up or, you know, or like, you know, to get ready to dump something like, you know, just tie a ribbon around it and throw it out the window mm-hmm. and open up the phones, you know, and it's like. This is people's livelihoods and retirements, and it's being in that it's being directed by a bunch of men who apparently have the attention span and focus of a bunch of streptococcus bacteria with ADD. You know, I mean, it's just like they're screaming and dumping and grabbing, and you know, it's just like eat, 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 die, die, ah, you know, and it's just like you know, millions of dollars are flying around here yeah, that yeah. really do have consequences they in do. the real world. Mm-hmm. Which to me, like, the whole thing needs to be, like, emptied out, de-adrenalized and made <laughs> less like, fungible and volatile. And yeah. this is actually, to me, what this GameStop thing is illustrating. Yeah. Uh, and it's the people who run everything up there and the Robin Hood people are pissed because the experienced players are losing their hats. Yep. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, well, sorry, guys. Live by the sword, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're begging to be regulated. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just they, they're they, begging they, you. Hey, you can't do that. Well, hi. Guess what we're going to do you now? You took the regulations off this market. Yeah. And, you know, and... Well, here's my thing about short selling. Going back to short selling, it needs to be illegal. I tweeted this yeah. yesterday. It was a bit controversial. I said, you know what? Short selling needs to be completely it eliminated it as a form of trading. It should. I don't know why it isn't illegal. It's insane that yes. that's legal because it's totally manipulating the it's market. It's like the very exactly. definition of usury. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it, and you're, you take you're, something that isn't yours and sell it to someone on a losing, but knowing that they're going to lose money by buying it from you. Yeah. And you're fucking well, over companies. And you know, someone in yeah. my comments on Twitter said something to the effect of, well, you know, short Short selling is a great way to point out companies that are poorly managed or scamming their valuation no, or something like that. I was like, no, 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 no. But no, there's no. people at the bottom that have jobs. Yes, yes. And so <laughs> what you have to do, if you don't like a stock, if you think a valuation is bloated or there's some sort of malfeasance in the company or it's just poorly run, don't buy the stock. It's that simple. Right. If enough people don't buy the stock, the stock price goes down, and and that's it for the company. But short selling it is you, you take a company that has a robust stock price, and suddenly you're dragging it down because you're making a bet on the fact that it's going to fail. And if enough people do that, the whole stock takes a big dump. And that's mm-hmm. really kind of what they were doing to GameStop. And that's why you take that off the table. I mean, there's so much shenanigans that goes on on Wall Street that we don't even know about we have no sense of it so at the very least if you get rid of something that we all know about that seems hinky to me it doesn't seem like it's a kind of trading that's on those i certainly didn't do it in the five minutes that i was trading i just first of all i had a hard time understanding how to do it and then second of all i was like you know what i I don't want to i don't want to take that chance one and two 
I, I just don't want to decimate. I don't want to be part of the decimation of a company right. that, uh, you know, maybe employs people who need to feed their kids and, and pay their mortgage and so on. It just doesn't seem right to me ethically. And Didn't it used to be illegal before like the 1980s or 1990s maybe? Didn't the, weren't some I rules changed? Was, yeah, there was some deregulation during the Reagan yeah. era that made oh, things like that more possible. There's a shock. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's greed is good and now it's legal. What yeah. he got busted for in the movie is now legal to do. Right, right. And so, and I think it had a little bit to do with short selling and things like that and breaking up companies, very Richard Gere and Pretty Woman too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it's, it, it, had, it was illegal and I think they, they need to go back to, I don't know, after the crash of 29 rules, Graham Leach, all those things that oh, we used yeah. to have, mm-hmm. you know, that, that helped keep things I'm not right am I right with the Graham Leach oh yeah yeah exactly that was and then the uh, Sherman Antitrust Act and and things like that all these business regulations need to return because that's what helped build the middle class listen to Tom Hartman for any length of time and he's going to connect all the dots as far as that goes the deregulation of business versus the stagnation of the middle class and Mm -hmm. flatline wages and so on you can just look at a a single (laughs) chart of the numbers and it's all very clearly illustrated so uh uh, that's, uh, I think, mandatory. And the crazy thing about how this is all going to play out is now you've got Democrats and Republicans with their torches and pitchforks. Like, go fuck yourself, Robin Hood, and some of these other companies have decided to throttle people's ability to trade stocks because of right. the bigwigs who you know kind of control the stock market now. And obviously, this is putting more bad faith in terms of trading stocks in the United States. And now it's getting even worse because of this. Now you've got now you've enraged the Reddit people, and that's a <laughs> you don't want to. I can see. Uh, speaking of uh, going back to where where we started on this show, uh, when people share my stuff from Salon on Reddit. Oh my God, the traffic. It's like the new Facebook. It was like the way Facebook used to be. Reddit is now that. If Reddit gets a a good share and a lot of traffic for a particular link, it can send that post through the roof. You don't want to uh, piss in their breakfast cereal. You just don't want to get involved in that. The biggest ever posts at Raw Story got on a Reddit front page and just went, and and was like for weeks. Oh, yeah. Hung in, you know, it was crazy. So uh, let's see what else. Well, we're going to get into everything here with the impeachment and more news about the insurrection. The biggest news, I think, uh, midweek right now is the fact that DHS has issued a national terrorism advisory warning of a heightened threat environment from individuals frustrated with the U.S. presidential election outcome. That's from that's from Reuters reporting on that. But here's the the craziest thing about that. I want to get into this in a little bit, but Republicans are making a, a huge mistake on a number of fronts. And shocker, that's the case. But this is one where they're actually endangering themselves just as uh-huh. much as anyone else. And it's a big goddamn deal. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, big darn deal. It's a big, yeah, it's a big darn deal. A big darn deal. Uh, (laughs) Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you cringe. Oh my God, not on Valentine's Day. You can't go in with those bags under your eyes, not to mention crow's feet. So you rummage through your purse saying, 
please tell me I have my plexiderm and voila, there it is. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and smile confidently knowing that in minutes, you're going to look fresh, bright-eyed, and years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. You can try a six-day, six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES at checkout. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is uh, Sound right of Science. Bob cued this up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Sound, Sound of Science, a song called Hydrodome. God, I love this song. It's a, it's a little bit it's somewhere between Depeche Mode and Pet Shop Boys. An so, OMD. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, you're right. Yeah, soundofscience.org. These guys are geniuses. I, some of the stuff that I've been seeing them create as far as musical instruments out of like everyday objects on their Instagram, it's incredible. Sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Soundofscience.org. Also, soundofscience.bandcamp.com. Link in the description at bobseska.com. Also, bobseska.com slash music if you want to submit. we got a brand new indie music countdown coming up on Sunday. All the songs from January 2021 all played back to back in the same order they appeared on the show. Can't wait to do that. It's a big old, like, uh, you know, kind of old school Casey Kasem type countdown show. Oh, do you do long distance dedications? Uh, I have a, you know what? <laughs> no one's ever sent a long distance dedication, but uh, I just want to hear your outtakes. I'm considering this an excitement. I'm cracking my finger knuckles now. Like, oh, I've got some long distance dedications. <laughs> all right. Okay. Very cool. Just don't talk about anything happy after you talk about a dead fucking dog. Yeah. Because I, how can I fucking do this fucking thing when I just talked about a fucking dead dog? Yeah, <laughs> Kason. Okay, We're up to our long distance dedication, and this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuckles. But he was most certainly a part of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is, Is Don, Don on the, the phone? phone? 
Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn deaf dedication. <laughs> now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. Pictures? It's a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, oh, that, that's up-tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog fucking dying. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, ease up on the caffeine, buddy. Whoa. God rest his soul, Shaggy. Oh, cocaine. Where are you <laughs> in the 20s? We need you back in the 20s. Lots of great shit happened on no, cocaine. No, we really, we don't need any cocaine back. <laughs> really, trust me. No, here's what you need. Instead of cocaine, just watch CNBC for like five minutes. Go. It's like doing there a bunch of rails. Go. It really is. So, uh, okay, so the Republicans are screwing themselves by, you know, kind of slow walking the impeachment or vocally opposing the impeachment, I should say, and bitching about being silenced and censored and all the rest of it. Here's the problem, going light on the insurrectionists, including Donald Trump and some of his other co-conspirators, some of the kingpins of what happened on January 6th. Here's the problem with that. They are, as I reported before, the National Terrorism Advisory Warning is in place, and it's going to reach a fever pitch once that impeachment trial gets underway. Oh, yeah. Now, if there is another insurrection, they are not going to discriminate between their targets. They will go after Republicans just as much as they go after Democrats. That's what we saw Mm -hmm. last time. They wanted to kill Mike Pence. They wanted to hang him from a gibbet, which they had built outside. We've got photos of it. They're not distinguishing between Republicans and Democrats. So Republicans, by doing this same bit, the same dog and pony show that they always do, where they're putting party over nation, what they are, in fact, doing is endangering themselves just as much as they're endangering Democrats. And I've reached this point where I'm just at that, I've said this many times before, just going to repeat it. I'm at that Cobra Kai moment where it's like, I feel like strike first, strike hard, no mercy. We cannot pull our punches when it comes to this insurrectionist, I guess it's now occupied most of the Republican Party, but Mm -hmm. the people who are responsible for this movement, whether it's the the Proud Boys, the Boogaloo Boys, Donald Trump himself, Mike Flynn, any of the people who instigated Donald Trump Jr., any of the people who instigated this move toward violent incursions. They all need to be held seriously accountable. And I'm not just talking about impeachment and prosecution. I'm talking about like asset forfeiture and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I wrote all about it for the banter. There's a big, dis- in fact, I talked about it on Tuesday's show with regard to, uh, I may have repeated it again with Mary Trump. I think what they need to do is they need to seize Mar-a-Lago, turn the entire Mar-a-Lago property into a national cemetery for COVID victims, just the way they did with Arlington House, with the Custis Mansion uh, during the Civil War. They turned it into Arlington National Cemetery. There was Robert E. Lee's house, which is now called Arlington National Cemetery. You know, they need to do that. They need to level Trump Tower. They need to demolish that fucking monstrosity and in its place put a memorial for the now coming up on 440,000 COVID victims in this country. I mean, that's how serious I am about all of this because we are on the cusp. We are just one election away. And and this is going to be in perpetuity. We're just one election away from these people actually seizing power legitimately through an election, through a midterm or state and local elections, certainly through national elections in, in four years or less than four years now. 
you got to bottle this stuff up. And if we don't, we're utterly, utterly screwed. I, I really, really think that the majority of Republicans who are digging in their heels on this are doing it because they know that they were involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they have roots in this whole thing. They helped foment it. They helped organize. They lent money to companies to bus people to D.C. They knew that I mean, even if I mean, you think they would think it through mm-hmm. and be like, you know, if a mob invades the Capitol, I'm going to be there. But they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and <sighs> it just. That's why they don't want it to come out. Mm-hmm. And also, I really do believe that whatever was on the RNC servers in 2016 when the Russians hacked it is still being held over a bunch of their heads. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, one, one of the people who's taking sides with the Republicans on this is uh, Jimmy Dore, comedian turned of podcaster Jimmy Dore, who, by the way, my favorite spectator sport now officially is Carlos Alice Rocky relentlessly trolling Jimmy Dore on yeah, Twitter. he's fantastic. Oh, I don't know. Seth Rogen trolling Ted Cruz is pretty That was fun. Yeah, that is also really, really good. That was fun. So Jimmy Dore said that Facebook is fascist for deplatforming extremists and terrorists. So Hal Sparks just... Um, What? Yeah, I know. It's absolutely fucking stupid. It's just like, okay... Making the firefly face. uh, uh, Yeah, Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) But Hal Sparks nailed Jimmy Dore in this thread. Hal Sparks wrote on Twitter, it's a violation of the First Amendment for the government to try to force a private company or individual to carry the words of another against their will. This isn't even difficult. That's exactly goddamn right. I mean, how egregious and obnoxious would it be if the federal government said, hey, yeah, you know what, Twitter? You have to include the words of these insurrectionists on your platform. You have to do that. So much for the free market, huh? The free market deciding, right? They they don't like the free market when it actually decides. No, no. And that's not necessarily Jimmy Dore, who I don't think has any love of the free market, but he clearly wants the people who are engaged in insurrection to uh, continue to have a platform. It's just absolutely bizarre. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I mentioned Mary Trump was on the show yesterday, on the Wednesday show. It was a great conversation I had with Mary. She's absolutely wonderful. It's a really good interview, by the way, Bob. My hat is off. You oh, do, thank you. You do a really good, like, yes, you do. intelligent, scholarly interview every now and then. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where the hell that's coming from. Kimberly must be writing the questions for you. But, oh, um, man! <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad observation because actually – Listening to the way Kimberly does an interview, which is different than the way I do it, but it's actually really informative. She does a very entertaining style of interview where it's more like a conversation. And there's something that's really compelling about that. And so, you know, just in in watching her do that, it's kind of rubbed off on me and I've become more, I should say, I've become looser with, with my interviewing, where it's less of me just asking questions and hearing answers. There's more of a conversation. But I also, you know what? Uh, we just lost Larry King. There's also an aspect of Larry King that I really admire, which is the simplicity where he's taking the interviewer out of the equation necessarily, where the interview is just what, where, why, how, when. It's just those questions. And that was what Larry was kind of notorious for, is he would ask those basic questions. Like one of his favorite questions was, why? And and he, in fact, that was one of the... <laughs> that was uncanny. <laughs> that was one of the, one of the I questions. I see the bow tie. Yeah, um. <laughs> and the suspenders. Well, that was, that was one of the questions. That was how he addressed me when I prank called him at Duke Zebert's. Or I said, what are you enjoying today for lunch? And he goes, why are you doing this? Don't do this. 
<laughs> he says, don't do this. And then he hangs up. But again, it was, why are you doing this? Because he's curious. Larry King is curious or was curious like a cat. And, and so, it's also not a yes or no question. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Um, I, I think people forget that, you know, Mary Trump is a behavioral psychologist. And I just felt like your questions were particularly insightful and that you took advantage of her field of expertise to say, can you put this behavioral lens on this and break it? And it was brilliant. It was a really good interview. Oh, you're so nice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I forget exactly why I brought up uh, Mary Trump. Oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Speaking of uh, Jimmy Dore and that entire faction, uh, we talked about uh, she tweeted a few days ago, Glenn Greenwald can go fuck himself. She said something along those lines. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Another reason to absolutely. I'm with her on that. I support that sentiment. <laughs> Another reason to love Mary Trump was <laughs> that tweet about Glenn Greenwald. And she did confess that it was a very dense tweet. So there were other things that she was saying in that tweet. But that was one of the sentences. And that was one of the things I, uh, I certainly loved and, and devoured. I sucked it down like Coca-Cola. So that was it's uh, an evergreen sentiment, really. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a great it's way to put it. never not a good time for Glenn Greenwald to go fuck himself. So uh, getting back into uh, the impeachment and all of the whiny diaper baby crying about censorship and it's bullshit, AOC was on with uh, Chris Hayes. And uh, she said that the House GOP is loaded with white supremacists. I mean, this is a Mm -hmm. self-evident fact, but it's nice to hear when members of Congress actually say this within their own uh, uh, chamber. Yeah, exactly. And Nancy Pelosi said the the threat is coming from inside Congress. I mean, that's AOC and Nancy Pelosi on the same page, 1,000% when it comes to this. But Chris Hayes started out by saying in this conversation, uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries was on the program last night talking about his family member receiving texts saying, we're coming for you. We're outside of your house. How do you understand the nature of the caucus of the Republican Party that you serve with right now in the aftermath of this and the vote they took to overturn the election and this desire to, quote, turn the page? And then AOC responded, yeah, you know, I actually sense a profound difference between the Republican caucus of last term, the 115th Congress, But this term, there are legitimate white supremacist sympathizers that sit at the heart and at the core of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. It's horrifying. It it increasingly seems, unfortunately, that the House Republican Caucus and uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy answers to these QAnon members of Congress, not the other way around. This is like the centerpiece of everything that's terrifying me about politics, because we're at this point now where... If we take our eyes off the ball, if we reduce our hustle in terms of registration and turnout, even by half a percentage point Mm -hmm. in, uh, let's say, 2022 for the midterms. And by the way, can we just start saying 22 now? Can we just use can we drop the 20 off of the year? I think we're we've reached (laughs) that stage in the. 21st century. In the, in the yeah. century, yeah. In the century, yeah. we're good. So by 22, by the midterms of 22, um, it's very, very possible that the Republicans will be able to maybe retake the Senate. I mean, we're only talking about a 50-50 divide, and I think the Democrats are at a, a, a disadvantage with the map in 22. And... I don't think they are. I don't th- oh, I think really? the Republicans are at disadvantage again. I think in 24 is when the Democrats have the the bad map. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure that the, the GOP has a bad map again in 22, but not necessarily 24. Uh, well, that's a bit of a relief, although it didn't really help the Democrats this past time because they, they had well, the... Well, I mean, they still gained three seats, technically. 
Oh, yeah, well, that's true. But, I mean, they could have gained a lot more. It was a really Should've shitty, shitty map for Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, let's not, you know, lose faith in Obama and, oh, God, what was his AG's name that they're working on the fair? Eric Holder. Holder. Eric Holder's initiative yeah. for fair districts. Mm-hmm. And to undo the gerrymandering. Yeah. Uh, I really, like, there's just, there are things that can happen between now and, 20, and 22 that, uh, I feel like a gangster name, now in 22, uh, <laughs> that uh, can ensure it's, a fairer election. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, there are 14 seats up by for the Democrats and 20 up for the GOP in 22. What was that? What were those numbers again, Jody? 14 Democrats and 20 GOP, but we're not counting Portman, who's re- retiring. So oh, that's yeah. an open seat. I don't know if he was going to have to run again or not. And if Jim Jordan runs for that seat, we can probably get it. Oh, my God. See, that's the thing. These guys are still instigating. And Jim Jordan, you mentioning Jim Jordan reminded me of it. They're still instigating the insurrectionists. They're They're still still on Fox News. Yeah, I mean, Jim Jordan was just on uh, Laura Ingram talking about how, you know, the election should be invalidated and that that, uh, Donald Trump really won the election and we need to be asking these questions. I I feel like we need to keep coming out and saying that you are trying to erase the votes of black people. Yeah, that's the real cancel culture in all of this. That's what they're canceling. Yes. I mean, what was it? Matt Gates, your favorite guy, David, it was like, oh, uh, silo yeah, low head. He said, <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, impeachment is the zenith of cancel culture. But no, 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 disenfranchising, no. you know, millions of voters is the zenith of cancel culture. Just I in order to defend Donald, Donald Trump. Trump, just cancel him altogether. Like make yeah. him so that like. Like mute him out, like on that uh, Black Mirror episode where you could just block people. And you can't yeah, see right, him right. anymore. Yeah, Wait, yeah. it's guys, been such a relief to not hear his voice. Do you realize? Like, I, I realized yesterday that it had been a week since I'd heard a squeak out of him, and it's yeah. just like, ah. And Twitter is so fun now. Mm-hmm. I actually am enjoying Twitter. Okay, you know how we were saying the AOC and Ted Cruz are in agreement? Yeah. So she wrote an hour ago on Twitter, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. That was to wow. Ted Cruz. Holy Ooh. shit. Yeah. That is... Uh, She's such a badass. Yeah, that is some Amazing. tough talk. Yeah, yeah. She and it's, just knifed... She bodied him. I mean, he's in the parking lot him. bleeding yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But, but it also reveals a terrible, terrible truth, which is that... The political debate in this country is now becoming deeply personal and life-threatening in a way, mm-hmm. which is, it, it, it's, I, it's one of those things that is endlessly disconcerting and upsetting to me because I feel like there's, there's this extra dimension that's being added to things where you can't just disagree with someone and say that they're wrong or say that they're destructive, say that they're doing things that are irreparably damaging the United States without that person potentially coming after you personally. I mean, I've already had a, a really weird confrontation along these lines. And in fact, it wasn't a confrontation with me specifically. But those of you who remember the old days of the dailybanter.com remember this guy from Alex Jones's universe uh, who believed that Sandy Hook was a hoax right. because of listening to Alex Jones. This guy looked me up by name. He just I must have done a search on Bob Seska to try to figure out where I lived. And he happened to notice that my dad's name is also Bob Seska. And he turned up at my dad's front door. When my dad called me and told me about that, not only was I terrified for my dad, but also I was very upset that my work had somehow endangered my dad. And so the guy was looking for me. 
And in fact, he was looking for me in order to connect him with Chez. So he was looking for both me and Chez to tell us all the information that he had about why Sandy Hook was a hoax and a false flag and all the rest of it, all the bullshit Alex Jones stuff. So this is that new dimension of in-your-face political discourse where you could express outrage or even go after someone on Twitter and instead of working it out, hashing it out or blocking someone, whatever the end game ends up being, now it's like, well, is this person going to show up at my front door? Or am I going to start getting like printouts of Pepe the Frog slipped into my mailbox or something like that? Um, and then, yeah, and we, we're starting we, to we see that. We're starting stand to stand down yeah. in the face of this bullshit, though. And mm. for me, growing up a queer kid, you know, bullying has always been deeply personal. It's yeah. always been a physical threat. And you just – you can never cave to it. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever yeah. do yeah. you give in to that because it just tells them they could do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I will fight till my last breath to try to keep this – point this country. And and we have power as – we are members of the media. Even our little, like, listenership, mm-hmm. listening to us right now, we know, like, call your congressman. Yeah. Absolutely. Write – I can write to my senators now and they're like going to answer me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we like people have got to make our voices heard. We have to be just as assertive. Mm-hmm. We have to be just, you know, as confident. And because, I mean, the Republicans at this point are like recruiting people that they find ranting in Cracker Barrel parking lots <laughs> and sending, you know, like, yeah, they are. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a disgrace. And she, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I don't know if you guys saw the footage of her harassing David Hogg. Uh, David Hogg. Yeah. 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 Know, weeks after he's been shot saying that she's carrying a gun mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, God, she is a disgrace. Yeah. yeah. That woman is just batshit crazy, irresponsible, violent. I mean, did you see the things that she was like, like liking on Facebook about the alleged black mass or whatever with Huma, oh, yeah. Ab- yeah. Aberdeen and Hillary Clinton where they – it's just ridiculous. And these people, it's so sick. Like the things that they make up to tell themselves say so much about who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're not the ones that are thinking about this shit. You're the twisted ones. Yeah. Well, it just, I mean, decades of disinformation. Uh, the chickens are coming home to roost on that because that's what has radicalized all these people where legitimate platforms like Fox News Channel and uh, to a certain extent Fox Business Channel, places like Breitbart, and up until he became woke, Matt Drudge even to some extent. Um, This is what has fed all of these radicals. And so now I feel like we got to cut off the blood supply to these people. And whatever happens along those lines, I think is absolutely necessary for the long-term functioning of the United States. Because we are literally, I think by mid-century, I think they're saying, I would say sooner, but there was a New York Magazine piece where they were forecasting that by mid-century, the United States is fully taken over by authoritarianism. And it's going to be game over because of these people and what they're There's precipitating. too many black and brown people. <laughs> yeah, it's just they are naturally just not any either any they they can smell authoritarianism and the heavy hand. I mean, it yeah, just yeah, I don't know, but I think we really need to earnestly turn ourselves toward the problem of Rupert Murdoch. And yes, um, yes, and that's what because, I was leading up to. Yep, because you know, someone was saying on Twitter, like maybe the fact that 
there's no Murdoch properties allowed to broadcast David from. news. Yeah. Of all people, I hate making common cause with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but too. he's right. That, yeah. You know, Rupert Murdoch is not an active influence on the culture in Canada, and they're not trying to kill each other like we mm-hmm. are. You know what? I would I would really get into the Fox News thing. So hold that thought. We're going to take a, a quick break and come back and get into the Fox News aspect of all of this. As I said to Mary Trump yesterday, they are patient zero for every fucking awful thing we're dealing with when it comes to insurrection, domestic terrorism, and all COVID. the rest of it. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, COVID especially. Yeah, yeah more uh, about all of that right after these words. Eisier, that is A-I-S-I-E-R. What is it? luxurious modern sleepwear for the independent woman. Their sleepwear is made from 100% washable silk. Silk is known to reduce skin surface moisture loss and limit skin irritation. Best of all, it's comfortable, so lightweight, it feels like a second skin. It'll keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer with a fabric that loves your skin all year round. And in every type of weather, wearing silk to sleep is simply therapy at night. Eisier is owned by an amazing woman, a single mom. Their products are made right here in California. You can feel good about supporting a small business delivering high-quality products. Now is the perfect time. Treat yourself or a loved one to something extra special to sleep and lounge in during Eisier's Valentine's Sale. Go to shopizier.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use the discount code Stephanie, 10% off your order. That's shop, dot com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use that code Stephanie for 10% off your order. Bob Seska. Oh, yeah. This is uh, brand new to the show. If By Whiskey is the name of the band. If By Whiskey, and the song is called Amorous You. Amorous You is about how we fight with our inner selves and demons. It's about each person's struggles against our own better judgment. And when we choose to do things we shouldn't, how that inner voice can then haunt you once you've made a choice. So that's the explanation from the guys at If By Whiskey. Facebook.com slash If By Whiskey if you want to follow them. Link in the that description. sounds as uplifting as an Astral Summer song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh my God, you know what? With the, the song pairing we have today, between Sound of Science and If By Whiskey, it's like two sides of the 1980s coin. It's like, uh, you know, like 80s pop. And then on the other side of the coin, it's like, if by whiskey Garage is more punk. like the yeah violent femmes or something like that, right? Replacements. Yeah, replacements. Holy shit, such great stuff! I can't wait to uh, do the indie music countdown this weekend. Okay, so Fox News Channel. The, to <sighs> me, the, leaving Fox News Channel prime time in place while getting rid of all these other people, it's like you know you get rid of the symptoms, but the the cancer is still there. The tumor mm-hmm. is still being left inside yeah. the body of our politics, and that tumor is Fox News Channel. Everyone's outraged about the insurrection but fox news from 8 p.m until whatever until it goes off the air presumably never Probably well, 11 p.m there yeah, that's 11, like prime time slots yeah 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 so for that entire block it's nothing but 
Trump was robbed of the election and we should all be outraged. And here's why. Do you, God, Trump, why isn't Trump still president? And holy shit, these Democrats are silencing us and they're censoring us. And what about free speech and blah, blah, blah. They're inciting more insurrection. And I know some of the uh, uh, Murdochs. But their ratings are plummeting. Are they you really? That, right? Oh, oh, because people, oh, yeah. are, people Because they had the audacity to call the election accurately. Oh, yeah. And it's partly be, what? Like Red Hats are leaving. You know, they really are abandoning them for OAN and And that's Newsmax. worse. Oh, yeah. and those it places worse. are way worse. I mean, we need to, because is OAN actually on a cable systems or is it just on the internet? I think it's a cable network. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, uh, is, I, just, I know Newsmax ahead. is on Spectrum because we have Spectrum, so I've seen them yeah. on my... And that's the thing. It's like, okay, we don't regulate cable channels like we do broadcast channels, right. Right. number we one. Don't. Yeah. So there's something that maybe the FCC might want to reconsider when it comes to that, A. And two, pressure Spectrum, pressure Cox, pressure all these cable systems to go, hey... Right. Don't host OAN. Hey, don't host Newsmax. Hey, don't host Fox News or put them at a higher tier so that it's not so cheap for them to be on. Right. Because um, Fox News lost hundreds of millions of dollars initially so that they were on a lower tier on your basic cable versus MSNBC, which is on a higher tiered cable. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think, I think it's easier to make sure that the prime time hosts yeah. get stripped of their shows because again they're the instigators they're inciting right. they're partly responsible for the insurrection and whatever insurrections are still to come and that to me should be the target i don't think you're going to be able to take fox news down and here's one of the reasons why you can't take fox news down is like say for example you get uh, xfinity you get comcast to eliminate fox news from its uh cable tiers mm-hmm. and what happens is fox news and news corp can turn around and sue Comcast because Comcast owns networks that run their own news divisions, right? So like uh, Comcast owns a controlling stake in NBC. There's MSNBC, which is a competitor to Fox News. So News Corp can say they're just eliminating their own competition. And But so they could it, renegotiate a deal so absurd with them that they go, well, it's not right. Like, I remember yeah. a few years ago, because um, I used to be Time Warner, which is now Spectrum, mm-hmm. and at my um, boss's company, they they used um, Time Warner for their ki- for, for their internet. Yeah, and I wanted to watch something on CBS or something, mm-hmm. but they were having a contract dispute with CBS, so CBS wasn't available even online. Wow. Okay. Well, so this can happen. It's all about what their contract because they yeah, come up for renewal. I don't get the channel anymore. See. Because uh, my carrier is Spectrum, and they don't carry the Weather Channel because they had some kind of contract dispute, so they've got some other service. And I, I liked the Weather Channel. Mm, okay. The Weather Channel. Well, so I mean, that's that's what they can do. That's what these large because it's up to because like the with um, the Rule Two Thirty or whatever it is mm-hmm. that that Trump wanted to throw away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like saying to Spectrum, "Hey, if NBC promotes." produces this content we can sue spectrum for it well no spectrum can just drop them yeah i see okay i mean the other downside of getting rid of fox news and again i'm not defending fox news channel i'm just trying to put all the different factors out there but one of the downsides of eliminating fox news channel is that everyone's going to run over to newsmax and oan and watch that and And that's going to worse i have a feeling that it's going to be exactly like um when what's his face the guy that used to run the place over there fox news Roger Ailes. It's yeah. going to be like, when Fox News dies, it's going to be like Roger Ailes. It's going to fall over and hit its head on Xanax in the bathroom, and we won't care anymore <laughs> because there will all be something worse happening. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, that's that's the problem. And, I, you know, again, you can do all these things to eliminate, to cut off the blood supply to the insurrectionists. But if you leave Fox News in place or Fox News prime time specifically, obviously there are other dangerous aspects of Fox News Channel. But the centerpiece it's, is I mean, that the whole time, time it's been there. It's been this malignancy of yeah. like woman silencing man groping sexual assault spying yeah. rumor planting filth well yeah. and just, the, the, that's the thing with the seth rich lawsuit mm-hmm. because yeah. what happened was the family finally when they were about to do discovery and interview um sean hannity and lou dobbs yeah fox news said oh we can't do that because if they lie under oath that's a huge problem because mm-hmm. you're under oath and discovery when you're being interviewed so that's when they offered to settle a large sum of money. But part of the settlement agreement was that Seth Rich's family could not say that they settled until after the election. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. How do rich people get these rules bent for them? You know, it's very like, good lawyers. Yeah, <sighs> I know. Obviously, I know. Yeah. yeah. Here's the secret that we've learned recently. That if you threaten to sue these people, like, for example, Dominion threatening I to sue <laughs> Lou Dobbs, for example. I, it was one of the uh, one of the companies involved with tabulating votes during the right. election. It was Dominion. Yeah, it was, it was Dominion. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah. it was D- Dominion uh, threatened to sue Lou Dobbs, and then suddenly Lou Dobbs is like, well, I mean, I'm backpedaling now. <laughs> Look at me. I think Dominion is okay. They're okay in my book. Uh, what did I say before? I forget. Well, never mind. And so that <laughs> so he completely caved. <laughs> A sad pumpkin. Even Newsmax yeah. caved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was big. Right. So some well-placed lawsuits may actually. They sued Rudy for like $1.3 billion. I know. Same with What's-Her-Face. Um, uh, Sydney Powell, I think they sued her for $1.3 billion. That seems oh, to be yeah. their number. Yeah. Yeah. This is all great news. And I think if you can effectively do that, you can get them to back off this fucking flagrant disinformation. And of course, there's going to be all kinds of whining and, and diaper shitting and all the rest of it over. Oh, more censorship. Here they go. The Democrats are canceling. But you know what? These people fucking deserve it. There is no law that says you're allowed to shout fire in a crowded movie theater. There is no law yeah, that says... You- sen- go cry to the Dixie Chicks about <laughs> cancel culture. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. And they're crying about cancel culture on a major network television net- to a yeah. bank of cameras exactly <laughs> to a, you know and hi you're to not the being... new york post fifth largest paper in the country exactly yeah, yeah. it's like you're not being how can if if you're bitching on fox news about being silenced you haven't been silenced so why can i still hear you <laughs> exactly <laughs> well like for example i remember- gotta say though once again not hearing trump's voice and not seeing his tweets it's just been like a whole new world just, oh yeah level of anxiety for me has gone down what do you think about the notion of uh, not knowing what Trump might be thinking from moment to moment? There, there was don't care, don't care. Was, yeah, I mean, it's like it's train of thought had about empty boxcars anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there was just no. I mean, it was just noise. It was yeah. just constant psycho. It's psychological warfare, right? I mean, it was him like finding a way to abuse us through the media, and even if you don't follow him on Twitter, the shit somehow found its way in front of you. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is there there was something that was comforting about knowing what he was thinking rather than not knowing. Remember the, the John Mulaney well, It's like bit? having an abusive ex yeah, who has yeah. a Twitter feed, yeah. and you right. wake up each morning to find out what level of danger you're in. <laughs> yes, yes, and I, you know I what? Just, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's we're all better off that he's off Twitter a thousand percent, but there is that one little sliver where I go, you know, it was nice to know the batshit stuff that 
that he was thinking because then we can kind of be prepared for it. And now he's yeah, he was. I would love to play play poker with him because he's. I mean, he telegraphs all of his moves <laughs> yeah. months in advance. Yep. Because he's like a seven year old and has no self control and can't stop running his mouth. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't care what he's thinking. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. He's an impotent old man living in Florida, <laughs> ranting in his pajamas, eating hamburgers, <laughs> you know, and getting ignored by his wife. It yeah. just. I don't care. I don't think he's the – I mean, he's still got people who – I feel like the thing about delaying the impeachment trial is that more evidence will come yeah. out. Yeah. More information will come to light. Mm-hmm. And I just – I don't know. I just, Did you read I, Amy Vanderpool today about the January 5th meeting? No. Uh, what was the January 5th meeting? Please tell me. Okay. Hold I didn't, I didn't. I don't know. Uh, I didn't read her. Apparently, and, and she's not the only one reporting this. I just I prefer reading than watching videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there was a meeting on January fifth at the Trump Hotel that involved Don Jr., Eric Gilfoyle, maybe Tommy Tuberville, um, mm-hmm. uh, and one and some upper level cabinet people, and Mike Flynn and others. And the guy that organized everything, you know, discussing j- the January 6th protest. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a lot of people are implied in this, and she reported on it this morning. Um, mm. And it's not, it's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to find the article, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But um, uh, there's video, I think uh, Seth Abramson has video of somebody reporting on this, and now she's reporting on it. So it, there may have been more coordination than we initially thought and yeah. with more people. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the this danger. Was, no, it was a real-life coup attempt, folks. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't really have a, a complete plan in terms of how they were going to actually keep Donald Trump in office, but they were trying, and they were trying like hell to do it, and they succeeded to a certain extent because they actually made it into the House chamber and the Senate chamber, and uh, we're going to find out more and more as time goes on about how involved Trump and his inner circle were with the actual planning of it. And uh, that's one of the things that I think we need to come to terms with as a nation that are, you know, at the time, our president and his children and the people around him were planning all of this. And they set it into motion and they had a strategy for how to get the crowd down there. I mean, if you believe Alex Jones, he was there to help out. And right. yeah, and, and claims that he was uh, coordinating with the White House. He could be full of shit, too. But he could be, but you know, and then, I wouldn't then he, let Alex Jones help me move. I mean, you know, when they <laughs> <laughs> when they um, when people were reporting initially that day before all hell broke loose, that mm-hmm. they were playing at the protest funeral for a friend right when Donald Trump sent everybody to the Capitol, yeah. that has a more ominous tone to it than, oh, isn't that funny? It's his funeral for his campaign. No, 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 They He was sending people to potentially murder his vice president. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, one of the many, and the many... crowd, you can see, if you've seen any of the videos oh, yeah. in the crowd, they know exactly where they're going and exactly what they're doing. This was not yeah. a spontaneous thing at all. Yeah, uh-huh. no. There have been now, it, there yeah. have now been three insurrections in this country mm-hmm. uh, over the past year. 
Um, or actually, I should say year and maybe a handful of months or so. Because I think the first insurrection was October 2019 when those guys stormed the skiff, when the House Republicans stormed that skiff mm. during that closed-door meeting, when, in fact, Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee could actually attend. Yes, they were in there. And then the other Republicans, led by, uh, again, Matt Gates stormed into that skiff. So that was the first thing that kind of opened the door to make this a possibility. We can do this shit. We can disrupt uh, as long as we're somewhat inside the law, at least that at the time, as long as we're somewhat inside the parameters of the law, we can do this. And that's exactly what they did. And then the next insurrection was Donald Trump with his liberate Michigan, liberate Virginia, encouraging his supporters to storm state capitals, which is exactly what they did right at the height of the initial uh, uh, infection curve of the pandemic and then included in that was of course these assassination plots these kidnapping and assassination plots against people like Gretchen Whitmer so that was insurrection number two we're softening the ground here we're tenderizing the possibility of doing something like this and then of course the grand well it's not maybe not a finale I think the third stage in this Trump insurrection was of course what we saw on January 6th and who knows where it goes from there but as you can see each time it escalated a little more. Well, and and we have to remember that Osama bin Laden didn't fly any planes. Charlie Manson didn't go to any houses. Yeah, right, right. Well, there are people getting death threats. There are uh, the FBI is investigating these threats. Uh, you know, just even guys like uh, Kirk Acevedo. On uh, he's following Twitter. me on Twitter now. Oh, uh, he's the best. He, he and his wife Kirsten I Warren was, are awesome. And I was so excited when I found out that he was following me. I'm like, oh, I'm a nerd. Well, yeah, I mean, but some a couple of trolls uh, posted as their Twitter cover photo his neighbor's house and then oh the Acevedo's backyard, their pool That's, in their backyard oh, area. Oh shit! Posted as their cover photos on Twitter, photographs of these locations, and Kirk tweeted about it yesterday. Say, oh, gotta go after these guys, Twitter, please. Yeah. And uh, and so I think those accounts were, of course, taken down. But still, the, it's a no hold barred environment that is really, really fucking terrifying. And I just, I just on that like note, yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're being played out now. Um, everybody have a Xanax. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I didn't even have an opportunity to play our new sound effect, which is appropriate for you, David. Ew, David. Yeah, from Shit Creek. <laughs> so you have, have to, to you come have up to... with something on the on the after show here, the postmortem. Yeah, say something. Well, can you say that. something disgusting right now? Like, just anything randomly disgusting? Oh, God. You know, what's his name? Brody, the guy that looks like a human skin tag. Ew, uh, David. There you go. Perfect. Ew, David. Human skin tag. Ew, David. <laughs> Okay, see, I managed to work it in. I feel I've accomplished something today. Uh, Okay, yeah, as as David said, we're going to keep talking on the postmortem show on our Patreon page. Look, I just got fired from Salon, so you got to go support the show on the Patreon page. It's okay, Bob. It only hurts for six, eight months. I know, (laughs) I know. Well, I I can just play. It only shatters your confidence for a year or so. Yeah, I can play my other other sound effect now, which is uh, Nicolas Cage saying fuck for five seconds. Fuck! That's a long fuck. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah. He's got some lungs. The history of swear words on net- Netflix. That's where I got that. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Okay. 
yeah, so patreon.com slash bobseskashow, also bobseskashow.com. Either one of those addresses will get you there. Also, uh, if you go to bobseska.com and you click the all-caps Patreon link, take you to Patreon. That's how it works. So thank you for doing that. If you sign up for $5 a month, you get the two post-mortem shows every week. It's the... The talking that goes on after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show, and it's really, really fun. It's actually way better than what you what you just heard. I'm just telling you. So you know, don't miss out because it's so much better. I'm terrible at this. Uh, you are, also, you're, you're almost as bad as Paula Poundstone is promoting her show. I am so <laughs> shitty. Uh, yes, David Ferguson can be found at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Jody Hamilton can be found uh, at uh, from-the-bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, and at stephaniemiller.com every Tuesday on The Stephanie Miller Show. Okay, that's it for the show. What do you, what do you, what do you think, Nicolas Cage? I said I gotta do it again. <laughs> so good. Hey, take care, folks. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the after party on Friday on our Patreon page. Take care. Bye-bye. David. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you cringe. Not on Valentine's Day. You can't go in with those bags under your eyes, not to mention crow's feet. You rummage through your purse saying, please tell me I have my plexiderm with me. And bingo, there it is. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and smile confidently, knowing that in minutes you'll look fresh, bright-eyed, and years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet and under eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. You can try a six-day, six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES at checkout. Thank you.